Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 2, still asking the question, does the motive really matter? And this is what 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the great love chapter says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, what? I am nothing. Now, folks, I don't know about you, but that sure takes me down a notch on my spiritual totem pole. It makes me realize that no matter how gifted and anointed I might be, if I don't have love, it amounts to nothing. That is why we chose as this year's theme, Compelled by Love. And that is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 14. Paul said, The love of Christ constraineth us to preach, to teach, to work, to minister. It literally means to be pushed, to be compelled by love. That is the proper motivation for service to the king and to others. And we have said that we are compelled by love to pursue excellence. We are compelled by love to share the gospel. We are compelled by love to make disciples. We are compelled by love to advance the kingdom. And we are compelled by love to glorify God. So then, please look at Acts chapter 20 with me, and let's continue with the thought, what motivates you? This is Paul's farewell address. We're going to pick up in verse 17 of chapter 20. Let me just quickly run through what happens before we get there as, as you're looking in your Bible. See that Paul again is traveling and ministering. And it seems that Paul had preached a very long message way into the night. Now, folks, I haven't kept you until way into the night yet, have I? He preached so long, and the place was so crowded, there was a young man sitting in a window up high, and he fell asleep. And he fell out, hit the floor, and they thought he was dead. He may have been dead. Paul ran down and prayed for him, and he came back to life. And, and the Bible, if you read carefully, it says they went on until the wee hours of the morning and the daylight. What a service. I think if we had somebody raised from the dead, we might have a service that lasted even longer, don't you? Especially if it was you that got raised from the dead. Of course, you know that is my challenge in every service. So then, if you have kept track and you've studied with me, you realize that there is a pattern to Paul's ministry. He goes into a town, he first goes to the synagogue, the house of the faithful. He preaches Jesus based on Old Testament scriptures and with the revelational knowledge he was given by Jesus of the New Testament. Many believe, but the religious folk who want to stay in their old traditions, somebody say, oh me, they rise up in rebellion and expel him from the synagogues, he usually will find a house among some of those who have received the gospel. He'll go there and minister. Then those who are opposed to his ministry, usually the religious people will stir up a riot, and Paul will have to leave the area. Many times being beaten, thrown in jail, he will raise up from those disciples someone who will pastor a house church. He will move on to another town. Paul will preach the gospel. The Holy Spirit will confirm the word with signs following. People will be saved. Miracles, signs, and wonders will take place. A church is raised up. Persecution ensues. Paul raises up a leader and moves on. 
That's the pattern. Now, if that was the New Testament pattern, what is wrong with us today? Where are those that are being raised up to go out and establish house churches in this whole region? The pattern today is not to establish beachheads in communities, preaching points, and house churches, but the pattern today is to try to gather everybody under one roof and see how many numbers we can have. That is not the New Testament pattern, sorry. It's not. You say, well, but you got to understand, Jim, this is a cultural thing. Hogwash. It's a money thing. The more people you can assemble together, the bigger your offering. It's that simple. It has become a business proposition. How else do we fund multi-million dollar facilities and programs? Before I get lost on my way, let's read some scripture. 